Welcome to Soundboard, the Steinway and Sons podcast on artistry and craftsmanship. I'm your producer and host, Ben Fnan, editor-in-chief at Steinway and Sons, and for the online music magazine, listenmusicculture.com. My guest today is Steinway artist Olga Kern, who won the 11th Van Cliburn International Piano Competition in 2001. Van Cliburn, of course, won the piano prize in the inaugural International Tchaikovsky Competition in Moscow in 1958. Which leads us to this episode's sponsor, Medici.tv, the official webcast partner of the 16th International Tchaikovsky Competition, which takes place June 17th through June 29th. Soundboard listeners can watch the competition live online for free by visiting tch16.medici.tv. That's tch16.medici.tv. Olga Kern spoke to me at Steinway Hall in New York City about her love for the music of Sergei Vasilyevich Rachmaninoff. Rachmaninoff is a very special composer for all pianists, I think, because he was such a great pianist and he knew piano so well that everything what he composed, it was just uh, amazing masterpieces for piano. And it's such a joy to perform his music and for me, of course, being Russian and uh, being born in a music family, my parents both pianists. And for me, it's just so always was so important to hear piano music. And of course, I heard a lot of Rachmaninoff music since I was born. Actually, when uh, my mother was uh, pregnant with me, I think I heard Rachmaninoff music in her belly. Because when I start to learn Rachmaninoff's third concerto. I was 15 years old when I played it first time. I felt like I knew the piece already, and I just started. And, of course, I knew that this is one of the most difficult pieces for piano repertoire. And for some reason, it was so easy for me. I knew that music. And then I asked my mother, and she told me, maybe it's because I played it when I was pregnant with you. And I definitely believe in this because... When I was pregnant with my son, I played a lot of uh, music by uh, Brahms and Chopin, and it's his favorite composers now. I uh, definitely feel that that connection already through my mother and through my you know family of uh, musicians.
when I was um, having a lot of conversations with amazing Van Clyburn when he was alive and when I won the Van Clyburn competition, I remember spending a great time with him and um, over the years he was telling me such a great stories about what it means um, you know for him this name Rachmaninov Sergei Vasilievich Rachmaninov he always told me that Olga Rachmaninov is always behind our shoulders for pianists this is how it is his spirit it feels like that his spirit is with us he's just helping when you play his music it's so inspiring that you feel like he is there with you to help you. I don't know with what, maybe to help you with uh, feelings, uh, with the passion, with something. I don't know, but it's always been this way for me. I felt exactly the same way as uh, Kleiber when he was telling me that uh, Rachmanian spirit is uh, with us because... Um, it is. His uh, music was always uh, helping me in the most difficult situations. And when I heard his uh, uh, second symphony or uh, third symphony or uh, symphonic dances, for me, this music is healing me completely. And I can't say why it is, but it just brings me so much feelings and so much uh, mind-blowing, um, incredible images. I don't know. It's just really helping me a lot. And this is why I always play his music. I love love his music very much. It's more than that, though, because you were saying that you feel all pianists should play Rachmaninoff. Why is that? What is it about his music that is, say, good for pianists? It's perfectly written for piano. Technically, there is uh, nothing else uh, you can write more than Rachmaninoff did for piano. There is everything, all types of technique. And he does this technique uh, when he's writing his compositions. It's always, technique is always helping his beautiful melodies, his beautiful music. It's not like opposite when when you uh, need to um, somehow go through a lot of difficulties to try to make this or that part of technical parts of the composition sound fine. No, it's so easy pianistically written even though it's very hard. But because he had such a comfortable hands and he knew piano so well, he could compose the most difficult technical parts in such an easy way that it's very comfortable. You just play it and that's it. You just don't need to think. I mean, for me, because I have very comfortable hands as well as I feel it. And, you know, for me, his technical abilities and all the types which he puts in his compositions are so comfortable for me. And I think for all pianists, it's, it's the same. They, I'm sure that they feel the same way as me because it's just written by a great pianist. When you say comfortable hands, you don't mean big hands per se. No, it's, it doesn't need to be big hands. It needs to be comfortable. comfortable positions under the hands. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It must be a very comfortable position. It must have a good stretch and uh, just very elastic, very uh, natural pianist hand.
is Rachmaninoff sort of a, a more modern list for being this pianist composer that he was? Of course, I think so. I think um, even by this day, he's a very popular composer. It's a pop composer. For classical music, he's a pop composer because we know so many of his melodies, which was uh, used for for a lot of uh, Hollywood movies, for a, for a lot of um, uh, musical... Exactly. Uh, yeah, figure skating. They, they're all the time using his music. Rachmaninoff is one of the yeah biggest popular uh, composer of uh, classical music these days, and of course he's very close, very friendly with my great grandmother. He actually accompanied her in a concert. She she had a mezzo soprano voice, and she was uh, living in Kharkov in Ukraine, and she was um, soloist of a Kharkov Opera Theater for many years, and she was traveling a lot, uh, giving tours all over Russia and um, outside. And one time she was performing Rachmaninoff songs, which are written so difficult for piano that if you don't have a good pianist for uh, accompanying these songs, it's, it's very difficult to really make it work perfectly. And what happened that in one place, her accompanist got sick, which, which was a very good uh, pianist, and he got sick, and she couldn't find anybody to accompany. But at the same time, Rachmaninoff was on tour, performing his concerts, and he happened to be in the same place. It was in Kazan, in Tatarstan. He said, why are you looking for somebody? I'm here, I will do it for you. And we still have a program from that concert, and two books of his memoirs, it's written uh, that Rachmaninoff, that and that date, performed with uh, my great-grandmother uh, in this and that place. And when I came to Tatarstan, to Kazan, to perform for the first time, people knew <laughs> they because it was in the old uh, building of the concert hall with these beautiful columns and everything and they said do you know that this is the place where Rachmaninoff was accompanying your great grandmother I was like oh my god how do you know they said yeah because it's written in the memoirs and uh, it's it's a historic fact for me uh, this is also very important that his genius actually touched my family at least a little bit <laughs> so in addition to this family connection do you feel, as a Russian, do you have a special connection to Rachmaninoff uh, in particular and, and Russian composers in general? Is there something to that notion that as a Russian you can play Rachmaninoff or as an American one can play Gershwin? It's very interesting. You know, I always think how it is actually. If uh, American pianists can play Russian music, yes, and it is possible because we know a great example of Van Clyburn who came to first Tchaikovsky competition in Moscow, and he opened eyes of uh, musical world that time that he actually could play 
Rachmaninoff and Tchaikovsky music like nobody played before. And it was in such a great Russian way. Uh, Russian way, I'm talking about Russian way because all Russians are always sad, even if they are very happy, they're always sad. You know? So this is a this Russian like, romantic, nostalgic manner. Exactly. And he captured that and he played it not fast. He played all the melodies in such a way it was big. It was beautiful. And piano was singing. Mm -hmm. This is why I don't, I can't say that being a Russian, I play this because I am Russian. Mm -hmm. But of course I feel it because I know that my grandparents uh, had a beautiful house outside of St. Petersburg, actually where Rachmaninoff was born in the same area. And I was spending every summer with them, knowing that nature which Rachmaninoff loved so much, I feel it. Even in one of his uh, songs, Lilacs, I feel that Lilacs from that, that gardens, in that place, in that area. And of course, I can understand more. But at the same time, when I was in, a, again, example of Van Clyburn, when I was in Kilgore, of Van Clyburn's birthplace, I went there and I couldn't believe that it's actually Texas because it was such a beautiful nature. And I thought, this is why he felt so Russian, because this nature was so important for Russian composers, and this big, grand nature with a lot of big, beautiful trees, endless fields, that was very important, I think, for them, because they loved that country so much because of that land, because of the landscapes. This is what they were trying to uh, capture in music. At that time, uh, all the painters were painting a lot of landscapes, Russian painters, because it was uh, that passion of that of theirs. It was very important that time. With different schools of course, with the French and with German and with Russian, with American, with all different schools, there are always a great example of pianists who can do everything. Because music is so beautiful that you can't just say that, that's it, this is only what I love and this is only what I play. Because Brahms is incredible. Bach, from what everything came, he was such a genius. I mean, how you would not like Bach and how you would not play Bach. Achmaninov himself was, um, of course, studying Bach so much because in his music there is so much polyphony. And all of these inner voices and everything, of course it was very important. And this is why... Um, you just can't say that because I'm Russian, I play this music this way, the best, or I don't know, but I just feel it. Yeah. I feel it my way. It's not necessarily maybe even Russian way, because I studied also not only in Russia, but also in Italy, and I studied with a lot of different uh, teachers, uh, with the master classes, uh, great teachers. I must say that I, I took, uh, I always like a sponge. I like to take everything from uh, different countries, all the cultures, and I like to learn. And this is always giving me possibilities to find a new interpretation and new sound in, in the music which everybody knows, even in Rachmaninoff music. Thank you. 
Let's take it back to Van Cliburn for a second, yes. because it's interesting what you say. You know, maybe at the time, America read this as sort of a Cold War victory. Yeah. But in retrospect, it was more of a victory for music, oh, because yes. the, the Russians didn't feel beaten at that competition. They were, in fact, overjoyed exactly. that here's this American from Texas, no yes. less, yes. who yes. can come over and feel their music as they feel it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I, I totally agree. I, I will never forget my mother's stories because she was there in the competition and uh, of course my father as well and uh, for them Clyburn became kind of a um, hero because in the classical music at that time to have somebody abroad to show Russian musicians how to actually Russian music can sound mm -hmm. in a different but such a beautiful way what Clyburn did that time was more of a victory of music for I sure. think of course, politicians always like to somehow put together all cultural events, which in many uh, situations is not correct, in my, in my uh, opinion, because politics is totally different thing from music, uh, and we can't really somehow uh, put it together, because music is so innocent. There is nothing to do with uh, politics, and knowing, uh, also talking about Rachmaninoff again, uh, when he was in uh, America, in this country, and uh, there was this the Second World War, and um, he was helping Russian army with lots of money. Nobody in Russia said even a one word that Rachmaninov helped Russia that time, that time, Soviet Union. He was enemy of Soviet Union. And my grandfather, he was telling me that all Rachmaninov scores, Rachmaninov music, he needed to hide in a secret place because he was enemy at that time. Nobody could play this incredible music. Let's talk about some of that music that he may have hidden, because as uh, as a casual listener, for, for the piano repertoire, we may only be familiar with, in this order, <laughs> Rachmaninoff third piano concerto, Rachmaninoff second piano second, concerto. Yes. <laughs> uh, the, Rhapsody the, Paganini, of course, yes. the only one variation, number 18. And perhaps the, the C-sharp minor prelude, of which course. is, which is yes. a, a beautiful morsel that a lot of piano students have to play that Rachmaninoff fought to distance himself from.
But there is so much more. There is so much more. I think one life will not be enough just to play all his, uh, to learn his music. To what are, play, what are yeah, some of those pieces, uh, apart from these war horses, that you particularly enjoy? Uh, both his sonatas are incredible. You know, cello sonata is one of the most incredible, beautiful music ever written for, I don't know, for cello, for instruments, for any instruments, because in each of the movements of this cello sonata has such incredible melodies. How he put piano in this composition is actually written for piano and cello, not for the cello and piano, because it's so rich of all of this piano music there that cello, because it's such a beautiful timbre and in that specific piece, he put cello in that pedestal because he loved cello. And I understand why, because it just goes so perfectly with piano. And that composition is a masterpiece. Not so many people know about it because a certain movement is to die for. It's just so beautiful. It's, it's a heaven. And of course, his moment musicals, um, pieces opus 10, pieces opus 3, which, you know, the only uh, known uh, from this uh, opus is um, opus 3 number 2, C sharp minor prelude. But everything else, his barcarolle there is just incredible piece of music. And then, of course, so many preludes, which people doesn't even know, especially opus 32, and of course, etude tableaus, variations, variation of Timbe Carelli is this incredible composition genius to transport transform Corelli theme which is a very easy A minor very completely simple melody to an incredible D flat major uh, variation. Maybe in it's the, the simplicity of that melody that yes. helps, right? Yes. Uh, the same is Paganini. Yeah. Perhaps in Timbe Paganini what he did also it's an A minor and it's a very simple melody in the beginning. But how he transformed that again to the same D-flat major melody on the 18th variation, which everybody knows and everybody loves. Just I mean, that, the, is a, keys, yeah. that is just um, such a genius of his. And these variations, uh, Corelli variations are incredible. And also Chopin variations because Rachmaninoff loved Chopin because he was that another incredible composer for piano. He was a king of piano, of course. And for each pianist, it is, and it was, and it will be always important to play Chopin. And this is why he paid this tribute to Chopin. He had a great uh, transcriptions for piano for from Chrysler and then Mendelssohn and Tchaikovsky, of course, because Tchaikovsky was uh, a master for all Russian composers. And... Um, uh, all of these transcriptions, in the way, are so Rachmaninoff, even though it's different com uh, composers, but you feel Rachmaninoff in every note. Olga, thank you so much for coming thank in. Thank you. It thank you. It's pleasure. a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Thank you okay. so much. You've been listening to Soundboard, the Steinway & Sons podcast on artistry and craftsmanship. We heard a clip of Steinway artist Long Long performing Variation 18 of Rachmaninoff's Rhapsody on a Theme of Paganini with the Marinsky Orchestra under the baton of Valery Gergiev, and we heard Olga Kern perform Prelude Opus 32 No. 12, Moment Musico No. 4, Etude Tableau Opus 33 No. 6, and Prelude Opus 3 No. 2, 
all by Rachmaninoff, and all performed on the Steinway & Sons Spirio, the world's finest high-resolution player piano. Visit steinway.com Spirio to learn more. A big thank you to this episode's sponsor, Medici.tv, the official webcast partner of the 16th International Tchaikovsky Competition, which runs June 17th through June 29th. Soundboard listeners can watch the competition live online for free by visiting tch16.medici.tv. Our intro and outro music is Philip Glass's Mad Rush, performed on a Steinway Model M by me, Ben Finan, editor-in-chief at listenmusicculture.com. Questions for the podcast can be sent to info at steinway.com with the subject heading soundboard. Thank you for listening.